0: Welcome listeners to Dark Tides, a paranormal actual play podcast. I am your host, show creator, narrator, all-around great guy, Aubrey Lyddon. Self-proclaimed. Self-proclaimed. With me as always uh, the wonderful stars Chester Lyddon and BJ Ingate. How are we going, guys? Shining bright like the stars we are. Chester
1: does not look pleased. <laughs> Chester's giving me disagreement looks. Hi, everyone. My name is BJ. Hey, guys. My name's Chester and I play Ernest Mash. He's back. He's back. I'm back. Since you were so enthusiastic to cut me off, do you want to go first? No, that's all right. great okay well hi everyone my name is bj i play oh i don't have it in front of me today okay i play a 21 year old emo with a fondness for chocolate milk and a anger management issue i think that's close by the name of alistair stern i was
2: wondering if you're gonna say the name (laughs) who has
1: been reunited with his best friend ernest after two years of uh, you know, separation, you know, they had some time off. Yeah, they were pen pals. They were pen pals, uh, kind of, except Ernest was in the desert and didn't have a pen. And Alistair was working for the Tear Society, which is a super secret government organisation for studying weird stuff. And they don't even have pens and they, or Well, pals. they they do, they do, they, but they don't... Alistair didn't have his pen license. <laughs> Alistair now has different pals. Yeah, he doesn't need pen pals. He's, he's got, got his bro's He's pals. got actual friends, because one of them is not kind of dead anymore Yay. yeah yeah yeah, it's,
0: yeah. A good, it's a good time chester what's this intro that you literally intro started intro, writing no, when well, we like, record i won't recording. keep it
2: in because i didn't finish a player's march what, marsh once a boy scout but after going through a spiritual journey with a bird man and a homeless man he bird monster homeless man i think is a monster he wasn't a monster he was but, yeah
0: but just chat. bird man homeless man too yeah, many means. It rhymes.
2: Bird bro and homeless Bird bro. Bird bro and a homeless fam. <laughs> Guess what day it is? It's Aubrey's birthday. Yeah. Happy Everyone, birthday, wherever Aubrey. Wherever you are right now, if you're driving, you're in public, doesn't matter. Say it now. Say it. Happy birthday. Find a stranger and scream it in their face. Say the words. Speak the truth. Make your circle of candles. Scream it to the moon. Summon him. Happy birthday, um, Okay, well, do you want to know, uh, as
0: a as a, m- the equivalent of my recommendation or shout-out for this week, do you want to hear some fun news that I got today on my birthday?
1: Absolutely.
0: I got an email from a guy called Dave from Chartable.com to tell me that Dark Tides is now ranked 178 on Apple Podcasts in Brazil.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is genuinely the best news I've heard all day. Specifically Brazil. <laughs> Specifically Brazil. Now,
0: to be fair, the chart is only out of 200 shows, and oh, we're at yeah. 178, Okay, but we're on the chart. We're not on
1: the chart anywhere else. Just in Brazil. Just in Brazil, apparently. Listen, if you right now are in Brazil, and you're listening to us speaking about you, thank you from the bottom of Aubrey's heart. Yeah, because we didn't know not we mine. had listeners in yeah, Brazil. What yeah. Perc-
2: I didn't realise what percentage of we have Brazil very... people speak... English. A lot, A Chester. lot? <laughs> they do? Yes. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know anything about Brazil. Except they had, like, did they have the Olympics? Yep. I don't really follow any sports. 2016. 2016, Uh 2016. We get very
0: limited analytics around who is listening to the show and where. So it's really nice to hear that we have listeners in Brazil. If you are listening to the show, no matter where you are, uh, you know, you can always tweet at us or message us on Facebook, something to tell us you know, where you are listening
1: from and this sort of stuff. It's always really nice to know. There aren't that many people listening to us uh, from Brazil or anywhere else. So if you message us, I can fairly well guarantee we'll reply. Probably with a meme. Yeah. 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 There'll be a gif. We have limited time for today. Fun facts, (sighs) Fun facts. Yeah, go ahead. Cool, thank you. So my fun fact today is the first part in a two-part Alistair Stone. Fun fact: a series. Series. Yes, this is part one, and it'll give you part already. two next week. It's
2: it's like an ice cream sandwich. It's like it's got the two layers. Ice cream sandwiches have three layers. Chester. Yeah, but it's got the two. Biscuit Otherwise, layers. it'd just be
1: ice. It's cream the biscuit layer sitting the, on a biscuit. It's the joy, the way of it was middle. meant to be. So we have talked before about Alistair being a bit of a specialist in hand to hand combat. So I thought today, as maybe, of his training, as yeah. of, well, yes, as of his training, but also kind of. Even in season one, he was he was up for a fight. Because he was bullied as a child. Exactly. So I thought maybe we should dive into that. So today, the origin of that story. When Alistair was at school, he was he was there one day and he was sitting there with his lunch. And this group of kids decided they were going to steal his lunch because that, that's what kids do at school, I think. I don't know. Home I never schooler. went to school. <laughs> so, you know, this kid comes up and he like... Takes his sandwich and tries to run away, and Alistair sweeps the leg, right? Sweep the leg, yeah. Johnny. It's just complete uh, luck, and he manages to trip this kid over, safely, in the dirt. He was fine. I'm against violence to kids. <laughs> in case you were wondering. Mm. Gordy. And so, you know, he picks the sandwich up, and it's like this epic moment of don't mess with Alistair, even though he didn't really mean to do it. And so from then on, have you ever seen, like, that movie, I think it was called Tag. And it's, yes, like, this yes. group of adults that's been playing the same game since that. Yeah. It was like that, right? So, like, every day would be this competition to see who could steal Alistair's lunch. And then, you know, it got to high school, and he was, like, brought lunch money, so it became that. And it was this, this thing. So, Alistair kind of trained himself to defend himself by people trying to take his life. But they would only ever try once a day. So, like, if they failed, they'd be like, all right, fair enough, we'll try again tomorrow. And this went on the whole way through high school. There you go. That's the origin story. Tune in next week for part two. This is uh, school bullying through the lens of homeschoolers,
0: guys. Yeah. Look, we're trying. He we're tried really trying. to
2: steal my sandwich, so I swooped the leg.
0: Come on, Chester, fun fact. Hey. I've got I've got stuff planned for yeah, today. Yeah, yeah,
2: sure, sure. Okay, so Ernest can no longer drive. <laughs> oh. Everything he has has expired. Oh, yeah, his veterinary like qualifications, he has to like redo those. Those have expired. Also, he can't really do those because hey, I'm back from the dead to get my vet course done.
1: <laughs> he, um,
2: I'm legally dead and I'm, I cannot have the government asking questions. Yep. Uh, all of his like debit cra- cards and that type of stuff expired. And most sadly of all, his Sandy fifty dollar gift card has also expired. Oh no. By two months. Oh, <laughs> by two months. He was like, someone just should have stolen it. Someone just should have taken it and used it. He'd much rather gone and bought some uh, Paul McCartney albums. Go buy yeah. some Wings.
1: I don't know Wings, Live and Let Die. I see a parallel there.
2: Yeah, it's kind of depressing. He went through his wallet of just like, oh, I can't use. Any of this, oh. <laughs> and the uh, the cafe that he had like those like stamps on, yep. to like get free coffee. Cafes not in port staples anymore. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they close down.
2: I have one of those for your cafe, and I forget to use it every
1: time I come. <laughs> it's got one stamp on it from the first Whoa. time I visited. Next time I'm there, remind mm, me to get my mm, card out. Yeah. I live for the bunny stamps. Hey, Aubrey, do you want to get started? Yes, now? I do. <laughs> okay, Mr. Pop. <laughs>
0: We find ourselves, once again, in the archipelago of Hookbar, this small collection of islands in the far south Indian Ocean, where the sea is a deep slate blue and seagull's wheel overhead, where the islands are mountainous and heavily forested, where the towns are small and isolated. This is a place of strange happenings and stranger people, where uncanny creatures lurk just out of sight, and those who seek the unexplained will often find on this particular morning, we find Ernest Marsh inside his small log cabin behind the ranger's station
2: in a stand of tall pine trees. Uh, Ernest has rediscovered moisturizer, and he's slathering it on himself, all over his face. Um, so, how long has it been since since life? he came back? About two weeks, we'll say. Okay. About ten days. I'm okay. Saying. So he's slathering the the mayonnaise-like substance. All over his face and let it soak in and he's going to make his way over <laughs> admiring the walls thinking oh, I should have painted it like this white looks so good white. the one
1: thing he never tried
2: why, why didn't I do what uh, he's gonna go over to his bathroom and he's gonna look at himself in the mirror and is going to look at his still rather shabby exterior he's been dealing with a lot of stuff and going through a lot of working out how exactly things are going to work now uh, he's been talking to Gina, who has already started to kind of cook up an explanation for who he is. He is currently Bobby, the uh, the possible new park ranger that like explains who this person is. And he has spoken to her about the fact that he can't really look like himself around here. So he is going to start to trim away, pulling some scissors and trim away at the beard disliking it intensely, but just trimming it back so it's still there and still quite bushy but very controlled, trimming it down the sides, the chin, all that type of stuff. It was around down to his uh, like stomach when he first arrived. It was then chopped to about like his neck till he was able to decide what he had to do with it, and he's now chopped it to be quite close cut. Once he's done with that, he's going to turn his attention to his very long hair, and he's going to just grab Grab it and pull it like into a ponytail and then just start snipping away at the back part of it. Let it go, and it's just going to fall into like this weird bob thing. <laughs> and he's gonna look at it. It's like, mmm, mm. I don't like it. <laughs> Realize he doesn't have any hair ties, so he's going to ramage through a drawer and find some, some brown string. <laughs> and he's going to tie a man bun. Oh, to be string. so disappointed in you. <laughs> he's gonna tie it looks good, man. It's a man bun yeah, you know, it's pulled back. He's going to get some more uh, like water and part it back. And while he's parting it back, he is going to stretch a little bit and look in the mirror to see that his nose has changed shape. It's now like a Severus Snape hooked nose. And he squints at it for a second and then tries to like tuck his lip down. And then the nose changes again. Back to his normal nose. And he's going to stare at his reflection for a second. I don't like it. That's new. I don't like no. This is like the first episode of a new Doctor Who season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's going to kind of move his head slightly. And he's also going to look at the fact that his face is still quite hollow, especially in the cheeks and all that. And definitely in the eyes. And he's going to <laughs> moisturise his eggs. eyes. And yeah, he's going to look at his new appearance with his man bun and his short cut beard. And he is then going to take a step back and is going to fire a text off to Alistair, asking him to meet him in the main street in half an hour. And he's going to drop the phone and turn to his bed where his clothes are laid out. His usual jeans and his normal commissioned boots and his park ranger jacket that belonged to his brother. And he's going to look at it for a little second and then zip it up. And then tuck the arms in and fold it up. And he's going to put it on one of the lower shelves in his wardrobe. And he's going to search around his room for a little bit. It was all packed up and then was unpacked by Gina and Nancy. So it was slightly like home. But everything's out of where he originally put it. And he's going to find the picture of him, his brother and his granddad. And he is going to take the picture and place it on the jacket in the the lower part of his wardrobe and is going to lean up and spy something on one of the higher rungs and remember that his mum sent it to him for the purpose of visibility because she was concerned about him being lost and people not being able to find him because all he ever wore was green
1: when he was hiding from monsters Mum was like you need <laughs> yeah. to be seen it, was, you know? it wasn't
2: very useful before and he's going to pull it from the uh, the rack and pull a few different clothes from the rack as well. Uh, He's going to look at himself in the mirror again and think about some of the stuff that happened in the desert and some of the things he talked about. And he's going to kind of reiterate to himself, things are changing. And his nose slightly changes again and then comes back to what it was. And he notices as he blinks, his eye slightly changes in its colour as well. And he's going to say, things are changing and this place doesn't need a Park Ranger he needs something new. He's going to look down at the the other jacket that he's holding now. It's going to need a Watchman.
0: In the Stern family home, atop the hill. In the attic bedroom he had as a child, Alistair Cern sits in his old desk chair, watching dust
1: drift through the motes of sunlight breaking through the window. So, uh, Nara is sitting on Alistair's lap and he's clipping her claws, just like sitting there in the sun, cutting her claws off because his dad, for the life of him, could not get Nara's just to calm down to get her claws clear. He would, She would like scratch him and like meow at him. And he's just that's just a demon cat, Alistair. I don't know what's wrong with it. And so (laughs) Stern's voice Yep, that's and so uh, Alistair thinks his dad sounds like (laughs) Alistair. (laughs) So it sounds like in his head. So Alistair's like, Well look, I'll give it a try. And so you know, uh, picked up Nara and then, like, got the clippers out. And, you know, Nara hasn't seen him for two years, so she just flopped on his lap. She's just, like, putting her paws out, letting him clip her nails. And his dad just is... It was like, there's no way, Alistair. There's no way that's going to happen. And she's, she's, she's cool. She's, like, she's loving it. When he's finishing that, he picks up his phone and he opens up Pinterest. And in a strangely related activity, which I did plan beforehand... Uh, he opens his hair inspiration uh, board <laughs> and he's trying to decide he's he's got this this philosophical battle going on does he bleach it again does he go back to green or purple <laughs> you know and he's looking through and he's and he's thinking while you're mm-hmm. pondering
0: this you hear the oh so familiar rumble of your car pulling in since you you and your dad are currently kind of sharing the car. And it has been interesting being back at home. As alluded to, your dad is no longer mayor. He uh, lost the re-election campaign about a year and a half ago. And um, you don't know what he does now, because he has refused to tell you just about every time that you bring it up. He uh, makes an excuse, hangs up on you, just walks into a different room, uh, pretends that you didn't ask. Uh, He's been rather secretive about it, but now that you are back home, um, you've realised things have changed. It is more chaotic than normal. Things aren't quite as as tidy. There is a exercise machine in uh, what used to be your dad's (laughs) office that is no longer being used. The exercise machine is also not being used, uh, to be fair. (laughs) The garden is a lot more overgrown, although very inexplicably, a uh,
1: veggie garden has been started right on the front lawn, uh, right outside the front (laughs) door, on either side of the path. So Alistair... Kind of, he's his dad pulling up, and Nara jumps off his lap, and he like goes to turn and and move out of his room, and then he looks and sees that he was cleaning his his nine millimeter from that the tear society gave him on his desk, and he's like, ooh, uh, so he like quickly reassembles it and like locks it in a drawer, He's like, eh, but not but not let dad see that, just in case. He's gonna head downstairs. Right as you uh, clatter
0: downstairs, uh, you hear the front door opening and closing. And there is a moment as you are just coming down the stairs enough to be able to see the door um, that you and your dad both freeze because this is the first time that you've seen your dad coming home. Normally, it's been either late at night or um, he's got home earlier in the morning while you're still asleep. And you can see that he is wearing a dark blue one-piece uh, jumpsuit, like a Boilermaker's jumpsuit, uh, and he has a cap on his head, and he's sort of halfway through taking off his shoes. He freezes, <laughs> looking at you. Okay, Dad, what do you do for work? It's a lovely morning. Yeah, I've just been for a walk, no, and, um, no. You know, Ali. <laughs> it's a really lovely morning. Don't give me morning. that. Look,
1: um, we, I know we're I out of milk. He know turns around and starts going out the door again. I, no, and I chase him. <laughs> I know I can't tell you what I do, but I tell you as much as I can. Look, Ali, I'm... I might not be... You can tell me, Dad.
0: I might not be the mayor anymore. Would well, you like I cleaning still... ships
1: I'm... or something? I've tried to talk.
0: Ali, by the way, I... it's not polite to interrupt.
1: Oh, really? Yeah, it's not very polite. Oh, it's not it's polite. It's not very polite. I clipped Harris' <laughs> okay. claws,
0: by the way. <laughs> Fantastic. I don't let that thing near me. But anyway, we are out of milk. I'm uh, I'm going to head off. <laughs> Dad? <laughs> uh, he stops at the car and sighs and says, Look, I might, I might not be mayor anymore. And, I, and look... That's fine. The The town decided that they wanted someone new. That's fine. They don't know what they're... That, I've got an important job that's still providing for the community and and it's important. So why can't you tell me what it is meaningful. if it's important?
1: Because... Uh, see? See? You are keeping it from me for a reason. And Alistair goes to get into the passenger seat. He's like, if you're going down to milk, I need to come with you because I just got a text from Ernest. Make a perception check. Okay. Ten. Uh, okay, with a ten...
0: Uh, you recognise sitting in um, the boot as you begin to round the car your old tool chest and ring of keys and a mop in the back seat of the car and with the sheepish expression on your dad's face you are quite certain he now has your old job of uh, the night watchman slash
1: sort of town handyman. Well dad, you know what you used to tell me it's important to keep the community running. Uh, He turns around and walks (laughs) inside the house. (laughs) He's inside the house now? Yeah, he's just walking back into the house. Uh, Get into the driver's seat then. I'm taking the car. Uh huh. I'm taking my car to go and do my job.
0: Yep. Alistair, you head down the hill into Port Stables. Uh, You've been for a couple of walks. You've gone into town a couple of times. um, And you've kind of seen how things have changed. Things seem more lively. There do seem to be more people and businesses that you uh, have never seen before and old ones that you recognise that seem to uh, be doing a bit better. And you uh, pull into the main street. You're just about halfway down. It's not a very large main street. You find somewhere to park. It's actually harder to find somewhere to park than you are used to. As you do so, you kind of recognise... A few faces here and there. You recognise Miss Tibbs from the library walking to work. It's about 10 in the morning now. She's very late. See, Alistair Alistair gets up earlier nowadays, most most of the time. Uh, You hop out of the car and stand on the pavement. You admire your car. You haven't been able to spend very much
2: time with it. I would just like to say that is probably the thing that Heath and Alistair just clash on constantly. Heath would be such an up-at-five type of person yeah, yeah. and would expect that from Puck and uh, Alistair. And Puck is yep. all- Puck gets up at, like, eight but yeah. it's still better than Alistair. So it's like, at least Puck is up at, you know, before lunchtime, Alistair's like, I get up at like 10.30. It's like, that's lunchtime. I um, eat at five. Slowly, Alistair has transitioned from
1: 10.30 to about eight o'clock, eight thirty, and now...
2: <laughs> just from constant probing and noise. Yeah,
1: and now it's like he can't he can't sleep in... <laughs> like, like, he just... He, he, his eyes open at eight o'clock exactly every morning. He's like... I've got to get up. starts to hear I, his I, voice going, <laughs> and so he just gets up. That? He gets up now, and, like sits in his chair for like two and a half hours. It's like, all right, gonna go do something now. <laughs> yeah,
0: as you're standing there on the pavement, Doesn't you can know see what to do with you all see Randy time. working his way up the street, uh, slapping parking tickets on every single car. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's wrong. That's wrong. I don't like those tires. That's wrong. That's. For- Alistair Stern. My God, what are you doing here? He, uh, he runs up. Oh, uh, oh, no, no, he I... skates up. He's on his rollerblades. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, right, yes. That's canon. Randy skates up. What is year, he wearing a helmet? Boy? No. This is, this is Randy uh-huh, we're talking uh-huh. about. His
2: skull is stronger than the, <laughs> <laughs> the helmet. He's just
1: put some extra pomade on. <laughs> Oh. Aerodynamic. Hi, Randy. What are you doing here, boy? And he, like, skates around in a circle. Like, what are those straps on your pants? What is that? What's that? What? What is that? <laughs> yeah, hi, Randy. Uh, yeah, I'm back to visit for a couple of weeks. Eh. Uh, you didn't pass it by me, did you? Uh, and he
2: just skates off. You said you were allowed Australia. back
1: in the island? I didn't. Ha! And he just leaves. Did
2: we get a good look at his hand? Oh, oh true. Is this is it time for you to describe his... His hand
1: yeah okay so i believe it was his left hand yeah. mm-hmm. got a shot and so he lost his th- so he has his thumb and his index finger and then the other three and like a big part of his hand as well yeah like the the fingers and like the knuckle area uh so he has a partial augmented cyborg hand that looks very cool and is not actually that high tech. It just like opens and closes, and that's kind of it. But it's very very shiny. He polishes it every day, <laughs> and like the um the points of the fingers are sharpened, <laughs> like <laughs> definitely not, against regulations, not razor sharp, but like you you know um you know General Grievous from Star Wars, stubbing ability. His like claw hand, they're like that, but silver, and uh,
2: he kind of waves and brandishes his claw hand are they like magnetic so like like, are they magnetic so like he can hold a flashlight it just sticks to the hand oh (laughs) no
1: it would have like an attachment like like on the outside (laughs) yeah yeah it's got it's got a it's got a clip area that he can clip a bunch of stuff
0: on (laughs) i promise (laughs) we're not trying to be insensitive to people with prosthetics i promise and so
1: randy just skates away with this thing glinting in the sun and it's just like yeah same old Randy, and Alice is going to look for the nearest place to buy some chocolate milk before he meets Ernest. We'll say that you find um, a nearby bakery with, you
0: know, a drinks fridge. Um, well, as you paying... would
1: you like, would you
0: like
2: a, a chocolate strudel then?
1: Um, you you got any cinnamon? Chocolate today? strudel?
2: No cinnamon. Chocolate
1: strudel. C- cinnamon, <laughs> cinnamon scroll maybe.
2: Cinnamon strudel. Bro, yeah. That's all I can do.
1: Okay, sure.
2: <laughs> okay, cinnamon strudel.
1: I'll have a cinnamon strudel, I guess.
2: All right, that's uh, that's $18. Oh, you want chocolate milk with that? I'll get the chocolate wow. milk. Wow, okay. This things is a, go- have, this is a gourmet changed. establishment. Here's, here's a chocolate milk. That's $19 can I now. Just, can I just have a $19 cinnamon dollars donut?
1: Total. Can I just have, like, a cinnamon donut?
2: A uh, chocolate strudel. <laughs> <laughs> I'll
1: just just have the milk, thanks. Oh, okay. Uh, we uh, are two
0: dot points in to what I have. <laughs> and
1: then Alice just skips forward to the next plot point,
0: Aubrey. Chocolate strudel. You're out on the street, you <laughs> you're bemoaning the fact that things cost more in this town that's no longer stuck in nineteen seventy five.
2: It's all the way up to two thousand seven.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not quite caught up, but it's getting chocolate
2: there. strudel. They're almost talking about the MBN. <laughs> <laughs> And what does he hear? The coming of the great internet. You hear, as you're waiting on the street, a distant chugga, chugga chugga chugga, chugga chugga chugga. Chugga What? As over the hill coming down the main street. I imagine it to be like almost like kids in the slope, like that straight car kind of like like down a- to the beach. It's a hill, but it's not the- quite that. Straight. Okay, well you see Ernest coming down. On a... Oh, no. He is riding a... Let me of course find, he find, is. It's called a Yamaha TY80. Oh, that's adorable. So it is a very old looking, very dusty, little yellow... Motorbike. It's yellow, white, and black. Is like its design with kind of looks um, like an
1: old-fashioned dirt bike.
2: Kind of yeah, thing. yeah. Today you would almost call it like a brat style. Yeah. He comes a chug a chugging down the the hill and pulls in on the other side of the street because there isn't a parking spot on your side. <laughs> Gets out, checks both ways, and then comes over to you and holds out his arms to show you what he's wearing. So he's wearing light blue jeans, uh, a white shirt. And then he is wearing this big, uh, he's wearing um, some like light brown, almost like wickle pinkers, but they're boots. So they're pointy shoes, but they go up to uh, like an inch or two above his ankle type mm. of thing. And he is wearing a bright yellow jacket. It's in the style and length of like a Paddington style coat yep. with those same type of uh, connectors. And it's a, so it's fabric as well, but then has plastic padding on the, or plasticky type of padding on the elbow and shoulders for like rolling into things. And it has a hood and a striped black and white interior. It's like a very fancy specific kind
0: of hiking rain jacket.
2: Yeah. And so it goes down to, yeah, and it kind of goes down to like mid thigh knee length. So Alistair goes, nice, you need a haircut. And then crosses the street again to look at the motorbike. Uh, and he like talks to you as you're walking you past him. I was like, yeah, it's a chain. Okay, yep, yeah, all right. No, He's <laughs> gonna walk over good. the street like with you. <laughs> I was like, yep, it is. Uh... Where'd you get this? Well, so this was hanging around. This was Chief Lester's. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, this was the old back. Apparently, all those years, I didn't know he had a bike. That's not fair. Well, apparently, he used it in the '80s. It was the the Ranger Mobile. Wow, back then it's dusty. I respect that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just kind of brushes his back. I was like, I thought more of it would come off. You know, when you're riding, but it's it's stuck on there pretty good. I'll have to I'll have to do that. You've got to wash it or not, which is what I do with my car. Yes. Just kinda of leave it, is. Anyway, step with me into my office. And he's going to walk towards the Indian restaurant.
1: <laughs>
2: nice. And he's going to walk in the little alleyway between the Indian restaurant and like the the newsagents. Walk along there to a metal ladder. And he's going to gesture up it. Oh, I th- I thought you meant the restaurant. No, okay, all right. It's 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 11, it's ten o'clock Alistair. It's too early for lunch. Come on. And he's going to start chopping his way yeah, up well, the eye. He- is it like I'd a say.
1: fire escape type yeah, yeah, deal? Okay. <laughs> Listen, I have this guy kinda reminds me of you in some weird way. Uh anyway, my, my trainer, my teacher from
2: um <laughs> gets to the top and
1: looks down. It's like
2: you have ever- a oh, was this part of your yeah, yeah, yeah. Your no. wormwood. Not a good name. Um What's very? No, I know. I not good quant- connotation. No, I mean, it's a cool word. It's a cool word. Yeah. Anyway, anyway it, he has lunch at like ten o'clock in the morning. Like it's lunch is made for the afternoon. Anyway, carrying no, on. No, I agree totally. Also, lunch is muesli bars. <laughs> he's going to reach the top of this area and is. It's like it's halfway between a door and just a window that he's now climbing through because he's like gets through it as like helping you to get you through. Mean, it's, it's like, like French. Like French windows? I can't really go through the shop. It's complicated. Come on. Okay. And he's going to lead you into this little apartment that is above the Indian restaurant. Oh, nice. So you see there is a corridor and a set of steps that go down to the Indian restaurant. Yeah. And then there's this long corridor. It's pretty standard. It's got like uh, white painted walls. It's really quite dusty, hardwood panelled uh, flooring. And he's going to lead you along this long corridor to... A doorway, and it's one of those kind of very classical hardball detective. It's with the glass, the frosted glass. He's gonna push it open, and there is a larger room, which he has put a desk that he quite clearly found on the side of the road, and a chair that he also found with it, um, that's been in the rain. And um, you hear there is another door to your right, and you hear a whirring sound coming from there. Uh, but he doesn't pay any mind to it. He walks over to his desk and pulls over like a camping chair for you and is then going to sit down in his slightly soggy uh, spinning chair. All right, Alistair's
1: going to sit down and take out of the brown paper bag two chocolate strudels, whatever that is, and he passes one to Ernest. He's you're like, all hearing, right, I got you, two
2: questions. You hear in the distance, Oh, cinnamon strudels.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, one's cinnamon and one's chocolate. <laughs> and Alistair doesn't know what either of them are. It's like all right so hang on two questions
2: first of all where do you put the bike where do i put the bike yeah like, like where where do you store it uh well there is um there is a there's a thing there's a room like a building <laughs> with right, doors that open enough. like this like park all the, like in the Blues in. brothers
1: the pardon. second question <laughs> if they let you live here why can't you walk through the restaurant uh
2: well i yeah complicated. Do they not let you live here? Are you supposed to be here? (laughs) Are you squatting? No. no. Don't lie to me. I wasn't going to. I had to explain it. Good. Yes. So, I'm in a bit of a tricky situation. Really? I'm sure you can can understand. Yeah. I don't have an identity.
1: Can't you just be Ernest Marsh? Can't you just say you're in a coma or something? That happens. People go missing for like a year and then they turn up and they're like, hey, that's me. I'm back again.
2: Right? Uh, that ha- that- I was declared dead, so... But you're not. Yes. So they can undeclare you dead. That, that happens <laughs> that's too. It's quite, quite complicated. It's a complicated process. It's, it's the archipelago. Surely there can't be that much paperwork. But the news of me dying has extended beyond the archipelago and i don't exactly know how i'm going to tackle that situation with my parents and my hometown mm. and all that type of stuff so you my main just... goal is keeping a low profile so at the moment i do not exist right
1: so the bright yellow coat and the bright yellow bike that you drive and park in the
2: main street no
1: it's fine i get it
2: and i don't Please look continue. like an smash. i'm not wearing oh, okay. i'm yeah, not wearing the true. uniform i have a completely different hair color like haircut which beard, needs to be woman. addressed It doesn't need to be a drink. It's good to be. It's not good. It's all right. I I, know it's different, but you can be different. And anyway, yeah, yeah. you were saying. Um, So I Gina's working out some ways of getting around it. Okay. At the moment, people know me as Bobby, so that's the kind of name I'm going as. I am just checking out the Archipelago as a possible place to work as a ranger. So oh, that, okay. that type of stuff. That was how they were able to explain me turning up at the hospital. I was like, oh, it was a training accident and that type of stuff.
1: Okay. And yeah, uh, they works. had to
2: clue Ruby in a little bit, but yeah. That would have been a yeah. challenge. Yeah. Uh, she, she, yeah, scary, scary woman. Um, Even Bobby's scared of her. <laughs> so Bobby's scared of everything. Um, Does Bobby have a last name? Oh, pff, I don't know. Bobby Bobby Thackeray, I don't know. Um, Thackeray, I like that. She didn't allow Kennedy. She didn't allow Bobby Kennedy. Oh, that's a shame. Um, <laughs> There would be more questions then. Yeah, so <laughs> Bobby Kennedy back from the dead.
1: <laughs> Literally. Oh wait, no, no, yeah. not that. No different one.
2: Basically, the way so going through, I'm trying to minimize contact with people and minimize consistent contact with people. So that's why I don't come through and go of the the restaurant down there. And my name is not on this place. This place belongs to Quinn and Dex.
1: Oh, of course it does.
2: Yeah. So. Uh, So were they on it? Yeah. So last year I helped them out with a situation. um, One of their boys had stolen a shovel from Dagon and it didn't Um. go good. So I had to help them out. It was moderately supernatural stuff. so So by last year, I assume you mean last week because you were dead last year. Oh, two years ago. Ah, just before we went on the split fin stuff. Okay. So I helped them out with that and so they owed me. So this is the product of that and our new agreements. Basically, I'm going to help them out with some more of their supernatural stuff because I am apparently decent to that. Uh, yeah, so okay. this is the product of that. So basically, I exist for now until I work out how I'm going to do this. I exist completely under the table. Like like everything I do, everything I, every person I interact with, It's it's... Okay. A difficult situation. And all this, the yellow, all that type of stuff, is firstly as a you know personal change, but also to get away from It's the a honest. disguise. It's a bit of a disguise. Okay.
1: Well, uh, you know, if you ever get bored of this place, and I mean, it's kind of cool, but you can always stay with me because we have a very big house and my dad avoids me most of the time. So I can assure you he
2: won't notice if you need to stay for like, I don't know, a week or something. I, you know, it's dusty, it's quiet. I've got Davo to talk to. And you see the other door just slightly creak open and you see Davo sitting in this room filled with different types of radio equipment with headset, uh, headset <laughs> on, just peering through seeing who the newcomer is. He sees you.
1: Oh. Uh,
2: hey, Davo. He
0: gives you a thumbs up. <laughs> the door inexplicably closes, closes again. again.
1: <laughs> Wait,
2: has he always lived here? No, he's doing a job for me. Okay. I worked out a lot of things with all the desert stuff. Uh Spiritual journey and all that. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah, sure. Whatever. I worked out that there's a lot of stuff going on. Really? Yeah, there's a lot of big stuff. Ernest Marsh figures out there's stuff going on. There's stuff going on, yes. Um, Wow. And I worked out that I have a particular set of skills. Yeah. that he's a fancy boy now. Fancy boy. Oh, is he that, dies still and now a new he's movie?
1: fancy. What is that still a new movie?
2: I don't watch uh, movies except for the Blues Brothers. I, I, yeah, so I worked out that I am in a position to do more than I was. And the situations that I believe are coming don't really need a park ranger. And I discussed with Winston about this tough stuff. So there are all these layers of reality, and those different layers have, they have a shepherd. Desert where I was, Carrion is the shepherd there. He's the person in control. This layer doesn't have a shepherd anymore. When the wolves are at the door, even having just one person at the gate is better than nothing. So that's what I'm doing here. I am setting a watch. I am keeping an eye i'm doing the stuff of davo listening out for anything like a reconnaissance or a defensive a watchman yeah that's the okay that's what i'm doing in uh this place that smells very much like indian food i mean you yes, oh, know it that's wafts not, that's from not the floor bad. it gets a bit that's true <laughs> yeah. i like
1: curry but like not, not this if, much not if i'm breathing it in Mm. all the time.
0: As you're still talking, there is a knock on your office door.
2: Oh, and there's the there's the silhouette of the person. There's no silhouette. There's no silhouette. Okay. Just peers at it. Don't tell me that's Jeremy. Oh it's even it's either an an invisible person. Or it's a gnome. Else to get the door. Oh no. Dave are you stay in there. Alice is gonna try and like take his best like, detective pose. And he's going to sit very awkwardly on his slightly moist chair. Look tough. I was to, like... Actually, no, they'll know you. For a second. Just look friendly.
0: <laughs> he just opens the door. <laughs> All right, there's about an eight-year-old standing there um, with kind of a mop of tousled hair. It's just some random kid. He says, The boss wants you in the car. Downstairs.
1: No me or, the- or 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 and then I. You said yeah. that
0: one He points at Ernest and his friend.
2: Are you the landlord's child? Yeah. Right. Yes. Okay. So that's not the right. Okay. Quindex. Okay. Just <laughs> <laughs> gets up and going to knock on on Davo's door. I was like, Davo, take a break whenever. And is going to head through the door.
0: Right, you head downstairs out onto the I, fire escape and down. I guess I'm coming too, then. Um, okay. The kid's running ahead of you. He doesn't lead you to the front, the main street. He leads you back through the alley out to the back street. Uh, and you can see a very large, very sleek-looking black car. It's old. It's not necessarily particularly fancy, but it's old and black and very big um, with tinted windows and it's sitting idling in the street.
1: <laughs> Does it have, like, pea plates on it? I was like...
2: Yes. it has <laughs> yeah, so
0: provisional driver uh, plates on the front and back. Oh, uh, nice. Um, Red or green? The, oh, it's, it's gonna got to go green. fast or slow. Green. The um, the little kid runs up. He knocks on the window. Uh, the window rolls down. A uh, Five dollar notes handed out and the kid runs off
2: and the door opens for you. Ernest hops in. Alistair looks at him and raises an eyebrow. Ernest shrugs. He's so like, you don't have to. It's, it's all good, man. Like, whatever you're comfortable with. He gets in and is like, well, I'm not going to stand here, am I? As you, you slide into the back seat, uh, you see
0: Quinn Benton. He is two years older. He doesn't look like he has changed very much. Um, he's wearing the same uh, white button-up shirt. He's wearing a tie now, which he wasn't wearing before. Uh, he's wearing the same glasses. Those old-school glasses, like 50s kind of style, heavier on the yeah. top, no frame on the bottom. Easily breakable.
1: Yeah, those ones. Yeah. I know the ones.
0: Uh, with his very neatly combed, short-cropped hair, he has a folder in front of him, as always, and as you slide in, he uh, nods to both of you. And says, very good to see you. Sorry for the cloak and dagger, but uh, always best to be careful. Uh, he taps on uh, the shoulder of the driver, who you can see is just some other kid. <laughs> <laughs> um just take us around the block. Uh, and the car takes <laughs> off at a, a slow pace as you begin to drive. Uh now Ernest, how are you settling in? Do you find the place you're liking?
2: Pretty good. I mean it smells like curry, but can't be helped. Well, I mean, you are above a restaurant. Yes. Also, I suppose you haven't seen Alistair for a while. Alistair, it's good to see you. He hey. uh extends a
0: hand, very businesslike for this we'd say about eighteen, maybe just out of school.
1: Yep. Where's Dex? Alistair shakes his hand. Oh, he's it's looking good to after see you something. Too. Okay.
0: Now, uh, Ernest, as part of our little agreement here, I do have uh, a job for you to take care of. It's only a small thing. Should mm. only be a small thing. Um, I know this is a little sooner than we anticipated, but you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. That's how this all works. Uh, he's
2: going to pass you a folder. Ernest <laughs> <laughs> takes the folder and opening it so that Alistair can see it like between them. Mm. Mm. Um, there, mm. are, uh, There's nothing... You in. know...
0: <laughs> Something in the folder. It's like, now this is where I would put uh the photos if I'd had time to get photos printed. Then why did you bring the? It's just for dramatic effect. He okay. takes it back. No, I respect that. <laughs> he takes it back. These are expensive. <laughs> it's a Manila
1: folder. It? These are expensive. <laughs> like a twenty cent. <laughs> like um, so it's, like it, it's always the quick jobs that uh that end up being the. The tricky ones, am I right? That
0: is the business we're in. Now, as Ernest already knows, but I'll explain it for Alistair's benefit, uh, my cousin and I have been investing in uh, several different endeavors let's say property legally business. I hope yes legally uh, we are both now just 18 and are legally able to own property and now we do that's uh, that's great I'm happy for you man thank you anyway one of our businesses uh, is having a little spot of bother in your line uh, we think maybe you'd be best uh, to take a look at it the short and sweet of it is someone keeps stealing our equipment is it uh, gnomes? I'm just no. putting, it
1: out, I'm putting it out there we look, do have
0: experience we with do have experience with gnomes Great. Well, I don't think it's that. Uh,
1: That's good. You'd better I talk don't...
0: to the witness, but uh, it's not really in
2: my line of work. Ernest is going to open up a little notebook from his jacket and is going to start writing things down. And the witness is? That's all right. I'm about to drop you off to see him.
0: Oh, okay. uh, you'll look go after see. it. Uh, basically, if you can recover anything that was taken, that'd be ideal. If not, we just want to make sure that nothing else is going to go wrong. What's your relationship to the witness? Uh, my employee. As a matter of fact. Yeah. All right, okay. we're here. Uh, he taps again on the uh, the shoulder of the driver. He says, uh, we'll let you out here. Uh, give us a call when the job's done and I'll uh, send over
2: the agreed amount. Sounds good. Alistair's going to hop out and thinking to himself, he could have just called me. <laughs> this whole meeting could have been an email. <laughs> he didn't give me anything that couldn't have been a text. Alistair steps Hold out. Hold on,
1: let me just go back. Alistair uh, steps out thinking, hmm, he does, like, he does like a dramatic. That, that was unnecessary.
2: This could have been a text. As uh, the car drives away, Ernest turns to Alistair and says, he, he could, could have, have just texted, texted you that. that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like the drama, though. I don't. Anyway, <laughs> at least Dex wasn't there. Dex is scary. He's going to turn to wherever they are. All right. You are um, only about two streets away. It wasn't a very long drive.
0: I could bit, have walked here. You could have. <laughs> uh, set a little bit back from the main street. You are standing uh, outside a freestanding brick building. It's a little back from the main road. Uh, there's not quite as much traffic here, but you can see that there are a bunch of teenagers milling around. Uh, above the building, you can see a very large sign with some neon lettering on it that says, Hill Billy's Burger Shack. In my
1: dotteridge, I've grown to dislike youths. <laughs> Alistair gives you a bit of a weird look and then reaches into, a pocket, scary. reaches into a pocket of his jacket and pulls out a pair of very dark, quite circular sunglasses and puts them on. He's like, yeah, I don't like them either.
2: Yeah. Hide the fear, Alistair. Hide the fear. I'll go first. That's the plan. <laughs> I'll leave the charge. Alistair
1: right. does his best to look cool. All
2: right. You, you
0: march your way, uh, towards the burger shack the interior is kind of retro chic a little grungy though uh, Alistair in fact you remember this being a dry cleaners that went out of business when you were a kid that's been standing derelict for a while okay uh, it's clearly been bought up and refitted as basically just a burger shack cool um there are a few tables and booths inside the really kind of small space uh, picnic tables and stuff outside um There are kids hanging around. Most of them you notice are high school age, some a little younger, some a little older, but it's definitely like um, a young people's hotspot type of thing. Uh, You can see that there are a couple of kids wearing aprons um, that would be, you know, in high school age, taking trays of food to tables and that sort of stuff. As you uh, push your way through the door, a bell rings and you step onto the tiled interior, you can hear some kind of classic rock radio FM um, playing uh, things are bustling uh, and as you step up to the counter you see a familiar face wearing a stained apron and a sad paper cap with a scowling face you recognize Sherman Grimshaw sure uh, he looks Tired, He's like stubbled, deep shadows under his eyes. As you're kind of approaching, a child comes up to order uh, and he looks at this kid. And it has to be said, there's this this look of disgust and resignation in his face. You can almost like smell the sadness coming (laughs) off him. Um, He gives the kid the drink and like shoves them out of the way. And as you call his name, he looks up and then like starts to turn as if he's trying to figure out if he can hide somewhere. (laughs) just holds his arms out. It's like... I'm back. He turns around and, like, tries to plaster a grin on his face. He goes, Hey! Hi, guys. You're alive. I am. We'll have some that wedges, doesn't seem right? Yes, yeah, wedges. Who are you again? It's Alistair Stern. Oh, that's right. Yep. Sorry. I remember. You look different. Thank you. Why are those supposed to have that many straps on?
2: Yep. And Ernest turns to Alice and is like, I don't think the disguise is working. He didn't recognise you, but recognised me. You did say Sherman, you went hey. A. Like, right. He lived here his whole life. People so, um, what, you here for food? Yeah, wedges. And Ernest leans in. Also, Quinn and Dix told us that uh, there might have been some type of problem.
1: Oh, here we go again. We're kind of here for the job, but
0: also I didn't have breakfast, so. Yeah, well, you're going to have to talk to the manager. To get wedges? Oh, no, to talk to the whole thing thing. He starts ringing the bell that's, like, in the back. He goes, hey, dingus! There's a, a pause, and then the door swings open, like, you know, the, the two-way door that, like, um,
1: Is that his official term for the manager of the place that he works? <laughs> yeah. Um, the door okay, is, like, cool. kicked
0: open, and... Uh, stepping out, similar apron, although he's is like immaculately clean. Uh, his striped uh, hillbilly burger shack shirt is like buttoned to the neck, um, and his paper cap is a lot more kind of jauntily set on his head. Emerges Jeremy.
1: Yeah, Jeremy.
0: My dudes. <laughs> 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 he like steps through. He's like, welcome to my place. What do you think? I love
1: it.
2: Yeah, this is too.
0: really cool. Way. <laughs> He, like, sidles up to you. Alice is like, hey, Alice, y- yeah. who's this?
1: This is... The disguise is working. Disguise. Uh, Alice ah. is going to look at you to try and, like, which identity do you want me to introduce you as? <laughs> it's me, Ernest. It's This is Ernest. You remember Ernest. Ernest? He looks a bit different. He had some time away. We both did.
0: Yeah, you said he was, like, on holiday or something?
1: Sure. It's good to see you, man. It's good to see you too. It's He's good to him. see you
0: too, Jeremy. Right. Uh, he hugs. He hugs you back. Alistair like. pats him on the back. All right. What can I get you? We can do the full deluxe meal. Oh, we've we've know. ordered some wedges. Yeah, but, we, we um...
2: talked to Squidward. We got some wedges. We're here on business.
0: Oh, because he. Hates it here.
2: That's yeah, a reference. Yeah.
1: Did he tell you I'm his manager? Yeah, well, a bit, I was a bit concerned sweet. by yeah, the whole
2: stinger a... spell. I was like, oh, that's a bit, that's a weird thing to call you manager. It
1: gets it gets it makes sense though that it yeah. would be
2: disrespectful given that you're so much younger than him. Yeah. I know. Right. And it comes with a cool. form of I
1: Dropped out of school. Now I am managing a restaurant. You know, Jeremy, I'm I'm proud of you. I'm, I'm really proud of, of me too.
0: Now, if only you could tell my parents that. Uh, yeah. that would really make a big
1: well, difference in my you life. You know how it is. My dad avoids me now, not the other way around. So I get it. And, um, how's
2: Bianca?
0: So anyway, about those wedges, um, you want to take a seat? You want to sit inside, outside? Sure, I have
2: to talk to you as well. Not about Bianca, it's okay. We're great. We're here on business, actually. Uh, mm-hmm. also wedges. Um and he's going to turn to Sherman and it's like, can I get some sour cream and sweet and chili, chili. sauce? Yeah, 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 sweet chili sauce. Yeah, sure. Um, and don't overly salt the wedges. I've had, <laughs> I've had enough in the of most salty places. In
1: the most politely disrespectful way. His lip is like curling at one end. <laughs> Alistair kind of turns away from him. He's like, "Thanks, Sherm," and like <laughs> walks away. And it's like, it's polite, but he's also pointedly making. Uh, as he making... start walking
0: away, you can hear him snap to Jeremy like. Diggers, I'm going with my smoke break. (laughs) Like, walks out the back. You better give me my wedges. Jeremy, I want my wedges. It's all right. Step into the kitchen. I'll do your wedges special. (laughs) He brings you back into the kitchen. Uh, The smell
1: of frying oil and, like, meat fat is so palpable in the air. Alistair steps into the kitchen, takes it all in, dramatically takes off his sunglasses, looks at the two of them, he's like, all right, let's talk shop. So is this place yours?
0: Uh, no, I am, uh managing it very prestigiously, right. it is Quinn and Dex. Oh, okay. There was a whole thing when we had the big rumble Hey, Jeremy. and it got busted by the police and then everyone had to go underground. Well, when it kind of came out from underground, suddenly Quinn and Dex like ran everything and they said, you know how you were like trying to double cross us and take control of everything? Well, if you
2: want to keep well, your legs working. There wasn't really any double crossing stuff. We were pretty clear with what we wanted from them. Yeah, but
0: I
1: tried to do some stuff after oh, you oh, left. Right. That, uh, uh, see, that was your problem, out. Jeremy. That was your problem. I'm really glad that that you've got this place now. Yeah, well, the, the deal was,
0: hey, you're going to work in a burger shop. And I was like, that sounds great. I'm dying in algebra. I really need to get out of there. So uh, now I'm here. Do you like my wall? And he's pointing to um, a wall of framed photos of him that all say Employee of the Month. <laughs> now, technically, as the manager, it's my job to uh, elect who is Employee of the Month. But... Until two months ago,
1: I was the only employee. Hello there. Thank you very much for listening to our show. I won't be long. I just wanted to take a second here to tell you about the Dark Tides Patreon. Now, you may be sat there scratching your head thinking, what on earth is a Patreon? Patreon. What is it? What do I do with it? Don't worry, calm down, you're not in trouble, I'm gonna tell you. Patreon is a service that allows creators like us to be supported by the people who consume their media. So, if you are a fan of the show and you like what we do, you can head over to patreon.com darktides where you'll be greeted with a range of different levels if you would like to consider financially supporting what we do here at Dark Tides. In return, we have a whole host of bonus content, uh, bonus episodes, behind the scenes shows, all sorts of fun stuff that we release all the time on Patreon, as well as a Discord server where you can hop on and chat to us and the other patrons. To give you an idea of the things you might find, here is a little clip from our most recent monthly bonus episode that we've just released on Patreon. Ernest, I think I've made a big mistake. Ernest <laughs> he's
2: chopping onions <laughs> while the chef is yelling at him about how bad his knife work
0: is. This is blunt, you are just Crushing the onions, it's terrible. Wee wee. Uh, uh, oui oui. I'm starting to feel like it's a day. Do you think this is a day?
2: Oh, ha, 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 ha. The colour combination of that first outfit doesn't work. Who is that man? And the boy says, um,
0: Sir, I I don't actually know. <laughs> We're really not sure. He just turned up.
1: What a beautiful evening. What a beautiful couple. Why are you pretending to be French? <laughs> so there you go. If you head over to patreon.com/slash dark tides, you can listen to that right after you finish this episode or before. You can listen to things in whatever order you want. Now having said that, financial support is definitely not a viable option for most people and that is totally fine. The number one best way that you can support us what we do here is simply by telling your friends and family about the show and spreading it, spreading it around, you know, getting the word out there. Tell tell your cousin, tell your sister, tell, tell someone on the street. So thank you again for listening to the show. We hope you enjoy it, and I'll let you get back to the episode now. Bye! So what can we do for you, Jeremy?
0: Yes. Uh, all right. That is the crazy thing. He takes you out the back while you're, uh, your food's in the fryer, uh, and there's like a little loading dock at the back where deliveries and stuff would come in. Um, there's a bunch of milk crates and those sort of things. There's a few packing cases. Uh, Sherman is like standing next to a brick wall smoking. Uh, he's like, Sherman, one of us has got to be on the grill. You... You know how it works. Uh, Sherman is scowling on his phone, uh, completely ignores him. It's like, anyway, so stuff keeps getting like stolen from our delivery dock at night. Now we do keep locking stuff up, but that keeps going. Um, some things it seemed like they couldn't take. And this is the freaky bit. He takes you over to one of the pallets that um, has like a tarp over it and he pulls it back. Uh, and you can see it's like an air fryer, oh, if you yeah. know what that is. It's like an yeah. air fryer, um, but it has massive gouges in the side, like three little talon gouges uh, that
2: look bigger than your hand. Ernest kneels down and like runs his finger along the edge of one and whispers to himself, that looks gnome-sized. <laughs> and then like looks back at Alistair
1: and they both mouth like, nose, <laughs> together.
2: <laughs> it's like the size of a gnome, each <laughs> individual yeah. one. Like, like, this, like... this has to fit a
0: gnome. <laughs> obviously not a gnome. <laughs> um, yeah, this thing this thing's quite big. It's about the size of like a, a dishwasher or something. Okay, do you have CCTV round back here? Uh, we do not because okay. that costs money. Yeah. No, we can we can we might be able to set something up. It doesn't happen every night, but kind of reliably, whenever there's deliveries of stuff. Stuff starts to go missing and often there's a bunch of stuff trashed like this. It's really inconvenient. Dex originally was like, it's got to be people who are trying to take on our business. They're trying to undermine us. It's corporate sabotage. Um, Anyway, I was like, yeah, probably not. And then when they said, well, we've got a guy and I said, who's the guy? And they said, "Well, we're not going to tell you who the guy is because he doesn't want us to tell you who the guy is." Yeah, I said, don't, well, don't send him people, over." Don't
2: tell people. Yeah, don't about me.
0: Yeah. They said they had like a pest guy. Yeah, that's, well, that's basically why I am. So when he shows up, that's we us. can kind of get this underway. Where that was the guy? my thought.
1: Yeah, we're yeah, the, the guy? Us collectively. Us are the oh, guy. collectively, Collective, you guys yeah. are the guy because, yeah. like, oh I'm,
0: sweet, we like work for the same people.
1: He's kind of only doing like commission jobs, yeah. and I'm I'm setting a, a business. Yeah,
0: a freelance. I respect that.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I might need another person to listen to a radio at some point and like clicks at you. It's like if you ever actually no, never mind. Uh, he's got his hands full. Yeah, he's got his hands full. Speaking
1: hands full. of are the wedges burning? Ah it runs back inside. Okay. He said this thing appears when they get deliveries. hmm mm-hmm. Have you ever seen those YouTube videos of people mailing themselves? <laughs> I'm that's, not I'm not saying... That sounds like a trend that might have happened while I was away. Yeah, probably. I'm not saying we mail ourselves, because that's stupid. What if we hide... (laughs) The gash mask is like, yes. What if we hide inside a box, Mm -hmm. and we get it, quote-unquote, delivered to this premises tonight, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then when whatever happens tries to steal it,
2: we're in there, and we're like, hey, stop that, gnome. I feel like that's going straight into the mouth of the situation. And some more the, Intel there first is the, might be the good. pop out of the box. Ha, ah, we're here. But then you could just... And then you know, go for the throat. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Surveillance then. Yeah, I feel Rooftops. like that's... Rooftops. We set up some cameras. Mm-hmm. Do you have cameras? I have cameras. Okay, of course you have cameras. Cool. Why don't you go check the wedges? <laughs> <laughs> As is smelling some smoke coming through. And Ernest is going to walk over to Sherman. Yeah, right. sure. Alistair goes in to help cook his own wedges. <laughs> right. Ernest is going to walk up to Sherman and like hey man yo sorry about sorry about that before it was that was a bit insensitive. don't worry, I'm used to it yeah that's that doesn't make it okay. Gina comes here like once I a bet week. she would I bet she would uh-huh so how is how's things with that? That wasn't great when I was hanging out. you two were i think she just punched you. Or was in the process of punching you? Look, when that I was could last, be any
0: number of different occasions. Well, bef- just before you went to blow up the cave.
2: Oh, the cave stuff. Yeah, when I was there.
0: Yeah, look, I've been going through some stuff. Um, you probably wouldn't understand, but I'm just, you know, trying to—I don't know—get my head on straight. Anyway, this is uh, a temporary mm-hmm. job. I need rent money, and I think it's getting more expensive around here than they used to be. Now I work
2: for a seventeen-year-old. Well. Uh... And it's gonna kinda of pat him on the shoulder and it's gonna start heading like walking with him into the the place. Like, well, uh, it won't be soon, but at some stage I'll need someone with your type of skills and your type of training, and it won't be this type of thing, it'll be a bit more along the park rangery type of business. Look, anything I can do to like get some dignity
0: back for myself would be really important to me. And this holds out his hands. Like, Gina
2: won't need to know about it. It can be separate. Oh, from if it's Gina. better than this, Gina has. Well, she to know. can. I'm going to but rub it can that be, in. It can be separate from all that. It can be your own thing. Oh no, I wasn't. No, I'm not going back to the ranges. Yeah, were no, joking. no, but I mean, it's it's a a step uh, a step in your own direction.
0: Fair enough. Well, you know, if something turns up, keep me posted. Alistair walks out with a bowl full of wedges, and he offers them to Sherman. Uh, no, I'm a vegan.
1: Oh, cool, man.
0: I was out to his hand again. I respect that.
2: I respect that in a man.
0: All right, you hear yelling <laughs> from the kitchen, Jeremy. Dude, potatoes are vegan.
2: Well, the starch in it is you know health issues of that. You, you sure man, you it was
0: a joke, guys? He pushes past you into the restaurant. Again. You sure you
2: don't want one? We're going to cut to uh, later that night. Now, Jeremy did Did tell you that- will just have to explain his own joke with one of his own characters? Yes. (laughs) Nice. One character explains the other character's (laughs) joke in Aubrey's realm of characters.
1: (laughs) Look, it's difficult to play this many. Ernest and Alistair are lying down on a rooftop, okay, overlooking the loading bay. All right, so they're on the roof of the restaurant? Oh, yes. Well, Alistair is. I don't know what Ernest is doing. So do we have, like,
0: Jeremy or anyone like that? It's just us? Well, just tell me what your setup wants to be. You've had a couple of hours to set up. It was mid-morning
1: when you did this. It's now nighttime.
2: All right. So, BJ, let's discuss in-podcast. Okay, so so we'll have the cameras. I'm
1: thinking laptop, bowl of wedges, again. Bowl of wedges, yep. That are, like, steaming. Yeah, so multiple cameras, like, infrared, heat-sensitive, kind of checking up. And then I feel like we should have had an action plan of what we're going to do. When and if we find something. So I think I'll be monitoring
2: the cameras. Here's the plan. Okay. Alistair's on the roof with his wedges, his laptop, launching the cameras. Bird's eye view. Ernest and Jeremy are currently driving a small ute up the road with some fake boxes in the back, and they're driving into the loading bay and dropping off the the boxes. So mimicking a drop-off. Do you reckon Ernest is with him, or is Ernest hiding somewhere else as like a secondary? Ernest's in one of the boxes he <laughs> one of the boxes, you talked him into it. Okay, all right. Yeah, so all right, you see sure. Jeremy and and Sherman just like hey, made this <laughs> box off the back and, and then squarely in the middle of like
1: and the then really plate. fakely pretending the other ones are heavy. <laughs> oh man, these are
2: heavy boxes. They put it down and it kind of bounces a little bit. And Ernest is once they go like they go and like stand in the the shop. Ernest is in the box with his duck caller. <laughs> Wah, wah. Wah. All right, wah, wah, wah.
1: Uh, <laughs> Alistair talks into his wire that he has in his ear and he's like, They're racons. Bird's eye to nest egg, bird's eye to nest egg, come in nest egg. Uh, stops the quacking.
2: Hello, yes. I'm having misgivings <laughs> about this now again. Yeah, me too. I don't know why you let me talk you into that. It's a terrible idea.
1: Yo, yeah, my dudes, what is with the bird call? <laughs> Does Jeremy have a radio too? Yeah, I've got a radio. <laughs>
0: Jeremy, how do you <laughs> do have you a radio? you think you're the only one with Raycons? These things are like the cheapest, nastiest
1: things ever. Alistair's using They're like great. his tier ones. He
2: gave his spare one to so it would be secure. <laughs> almost has the other rake on in his other ear. He can't hear anything. He's hearing, he's hearing half Alistair, half Jeremy. Jeremy's just breathing. Well, look, I don't know
0: how much it is me using the microphone and how much it is just me shouting.
2: <laughs> oh, that's true.
0: He's his show in the back. Shar! Yeah. So, okay, to paint the scene, um, (laughs) dusk is falling, Alistair, you are on the roof. Jeremy,
1: you hired professionals, let us do our job. I didn't hire shit, you guys are hired (laughs) by my boss. (laughs) Get out of here, Jeremy. Nah, I want to watch. Go get a good night's sleep before you come back to your
2: job that you work
1: at now. Are you kidding? We don't open till lunch. What's
2: burgers for breakfast? Get
1: out of here, Jeremy.
2: i just pushes open like with the two fingers the little eyes that have been cut into the box and points his fingers through one <laughs> up at Alistair, one to Jeremy he's just like, guys, follow the plan right, so what, Alistair is on the roof with yep. his laptop, yes. are you in
0: some kind of like a hunter's yurt whatever they call those, like the little pop-up camouflage
1: what
2: season is this? I don't think we canonically decided. It's just reaching summer, I thought.
1: Yeah, I'll say it's like
2: late spring. Okay, well in that case,
1: uh he's just sitting there, you know, he's got he's got his like lap- f- I imagine his laptop has like a field s- like case, you know. Okay. And he's got like his monitors and stuff. And he's just sitting there on a
2: blanket. It's like a little red right. and black checked blanket. It's quite cozy. Then Urs is in the box and then Sherman and uh Jeremy are standing basically like in the doorway yeah to the loading dock at the, the very dock. back. Um Yeah. There's like uh, Sherman sitting on an upside down bin at the back door. Okay, Alistair, So you got? Can you see my my thing? So you two have, I presume, will have shared like the whole my phone thing. So you've got like a little tracking thing yep. of where yep. Ernst's phone is yep. on my screens. Okay, um, right. this can go very badly or it could go very well. Fifty fifty. And this is going to pull from his pocket a little spritzer of just like the, the grease from the oven as going to start spraying it out the hole and it's like this will hopefully attract the gnomes. I mean, we haven't... I mean, I'm fairly sure it's gnomes. Like, I, I think it's gnomes. I don't think there's much more on this island than gnomes. I mean, we basically <laughs> killed everything else except for that big fish that's in the water but apparently that's left. Yeah, and that's the water. Yeah, and this isn't the water. Okay, so we have a gnome action plan. Yeah, kick them. Yeah, well, if and they, also they, swarm, they know yeah. us, so we'll be like, hey, yeah. stop this. But if we swarm them, Jeremy is activated, and Jeremy's there holding a fire extinguisher. <laughs> yep, He'll freeze them, then when we kick them, they shatter. <laughs> Sorry, that's quite grisly. We, we use the, the fire extinguisher as just like a deterrent, scare him away, and then we might go and talk to Norbert. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the goal. That's Do goal. we have a, a non-gnome action plan? What else is it going to be? There's a gnome-sized crater scars on those deep fryers. They were, as in the scars were the size of gnomes. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) The gnomes were throwing themselves bodily at this riot.
1: Alice is going to roll perception on his cameras. And I also imagine he's put maybe either like microphones or some kind of sensors like on the road, like the area, because he obviously is watching the loading dock, but he's also kind of monitoring the outside area. Uh, I rolled a six.
0: You are pretty sure that you've got everything covered, but so far you're not seeing any movement. Uh, dusk is only just falling now. Mostly you've been told this sort of stuff happens between dusk and sort of early night. It's not ten- generally a late night sort of thing. Okay. The burger shack closes around, around dinner time. It is spring, so we're talking about, you know, it's mm. about seven o'clock at night or something now.
2: And this is going to roll of disadvantage to look through his little peephole okay. things. While you're doing that, Alistair comes through on your reading. and he's like,
1: all right, well, I'm not seeing
2: anything on the sensors, so I hope you brought a book because we might be waiting for a while. With disadvantage, I got nine. So does Alistair see anything? No, uh, you do not. Mm. Okay. Uh, stay out. All right. You <laughs> can still hear him breathing.
0: Time. He, does, he doesn't know how to switch it <laughs> off. <laughs> all right, time passes. Humming uh, to himself. First an hour, then two. You're getting quite antsy inside the box. And very um, sore. At about this point, you're starting to wonder if uh, maybe you've missed your your window for this evening. When um, Jeremy Jeremy comes over the radio again, hard to tell if he's just you're close enough that you can just hear him. That's all right. Not. We can we can say we gave uh, him his radio. Right. Like, yeah, that's fine. Yo, So I just got the call from Quinn, and he said if nothing's happening, to try some live bait, uh, and not like the earnest kind of live bait. Great. Now, I'm not psyched about this, but Quinn made the call. So here we go. Sherman, give, give me a hand. A minute passes, there's, a, there's some rattling and some clanking and then coming out of Jeremy, the Jeremy, what door, kind of live bait? On a three-wheel trolley, they have the Slurpy machine, which is like still has Slurpee stuff in it. No. Like, uh, frozen Coke the machine. Not machine. <laughs> and Jeremy is very begrudgingly wheeling it down into the loading dock, like down the little ramp, and he's putting it next to some of the... Like, right next to the
2: boxes that you were in. Jeremy, no. Look. Ernst is going to pop out of the box and be like, guys, we're the professionals here. Yeah, he's like, well, look,
0: nothing was happening. Quinn wanted an update. I said nothing was happening. Quinn said, what is everything that's been stolen before? I said, it's food cooking stuff. He said, is it brand new stuff? And I said, sometimes it's brand new stuff. Often it's been and other things. Usually it's food that gets stolen Jeremy, or food
1: equipment. Tell Tell Quinn he's not right. on the phone anymore. I know, but when he calls back, just tell him we've got it handled. It's okay. We appreciate it, and like we'll leave the slaving machine out. But we've we've right. got it. If he's gonna hire us to do the job let us do
2: the job, alright? It's okay. As they're talking, Ernst has like found a rope and is like tying it around the slurping machine. He's like, you can't just have the item and he's holding onto the, slur- onto like the rope wrapped around his hand type of thing as he's tied it onto it. And it's like, you can't just have it tied to nothing. See, the goal here is to not just have something be stolen again, but to be able to track it and to be able to follow it. When it gets stolen... Wait, so there's a rope around your arm? <laughs> yeah, it's tied to the... <laughs> so tied
1: to- you've tied yourself to <laughs> the slurping so machine. So, what we do that's then brilliant. is we then
2: tie this to, like, I'm not 100% sure. Maybe.
0: Both of you roll perception for me.
1: Three. Five. Uh, I'm, all right. I'm, like, only half looking at my screen because I'm kind of watching what's Five. actually happening.
0: Alistair, you see more than Ernest does. Ernest, all you he- all, you don't see anything. What you hear is what sounds like a duck quacking somewhere, and then there is a whoosh and a scream as a giant bat swoops down into the loading bay. Uh, wingspan like a small plane. This thing Heads is up, we've we got incoming! Uh, Alistair, all you see is a flash on your screens and before you can realise what's going on, uh, this thing has dug its giant, clawed feet into the sides of the sloping machine and is starting to lift off with it. Ernest, how long is the piece of rope?
2: Uh, once it's tied around, Ernest is probably holding it two metres down from the thing. There's probably another metre or so Left. All right. so it's wrapped around his hand alright yeah you Earth look up to feel this thing is going slipping backwards. It's, yeah
0: it's starting to drag you this thing is like powerfully uh, flapping backwards not upwards so it's pulling it's pulling itself
2: and its cargo back out and up Earth frowns looks up at it looks at Jeremy and like as starts to get pulled off the ground, as like starts yeah. kicking, as like, I can't get out, I can't get out. Remember me! <laughs> as he's lifting off, it's just yells yeah, like, "I can't die again!"
0: Jeremy is screaming. He's like,
2: "No, you can't! We're on the moon!" Mom, my baby!
0: Jeremy rushes forwards, screaming in panic as he leaps. Uh, you realise pretty quickly, Ernest, he's not leaping for you. He's leaping for the machine. <laughs> he runs and jumps, and with an Jeremy, na- Jeremy, no, with an Jeremy, eleven, Jeremy. He, cl- <laughs> he just manages to cling to the bottom of the machine, and you can see as he kind of like shimmies his way up a little bit. He's holding on uh, to like the little deck where you'd put cups and stuff, and his legs <laughs> are like wrapped around the bottom of the machine. and He keeps losing his footing and like scrabbling, uh, and it's starting to go. Ernest, you are starting to get lifted off the ground. You're getting dragged backwards. As the rope goes taut and you start to
1: get dragged and now pulled a little off the ground. Alistair, what are you doing? Alistair is in a fluid movement. He kind of gets up off the roof where he's lying, clips himself into a repelling harness that he was already wearing and like clips onto a rope and repels down to like down over the roof into the loading dock. All right, we got to move. This is not good.
0: As you begin to prepare, as you are about to repel, you know, you lower your stance and you jump backwards. As you are jumping, you see a small shape that was on the roof behind you that you didn't know uh, move from the shadows and dart forwards. As you are jumping backwards into space, uh, illuminated by the lights, you can see a small figure who jumps off the roof just after you. As you are falling backwards into space, you can see this figure. It looks to be... A small girl, about age no older than 10, maybe 8 10, uh, wearing a bizarre outfit. She is wearing yellow gum boots, denim overalls with a yellow cape tied around her neck. On her head, she's wearing like a, a yellow bike helmet. But the strangest part of all uh, is the visor, like a mask that is fitted to the bike helmet, uh, which is a duck mask, which... Uh, with duck beacon, all <laughs> um, you can see as she jumps off this building out after you. She has no repelling harness. As you repel to the ground, she lands like a cat next to you, flicks the cape over her shoulder. It's only then that you realise that there is a, um, like a duck insignia sewn really neatly onto the the chest pocket of her overalls. We've got a second contact uh, and pronounces in a really loud, squeaky voice. Never fear, for mighty duck is here. And she is going to charge forwards to try and get to Ernest.
2: <laughs> Who? Ernest hasn't My seen... Mighty duck, any... <laughs> she says over her shoulder. But
0: we're <laughs> professionals. So am I. Honest Stand has... back, citizen. Yeah. And she she's going to jump. I'm not a
2: citizen. Ernest hasn't seen any of this. And he's going to turn to Jeremy like, Jeremy get off! And he, as he's doing it, he's going to unlink his hand from the rope and start twisting his phone around in the rope and, like, pulling that taut as, like, notices now Jeremy's leaving off the ground as going to jump to try and grab him, like, around the legs. Are you still tied to it? No, I've now tied my phone to the rope. Okay, alright, make a check, uh, dexterity check. Uh, 10. Nice. Alright, with a 10 you can grab onto his legs. Yep. <laughs> Jeremy. Jeremy, let go of go. That's why you let go now while we're a meter from the ground. Let me
0: roll to see how many meters
1: up you are. I feel like probably not far because it's still trying to get you're out. About, you're about four meters off the ground. Jeremy,
2: this is getting more <sighs> intense a as long you wait.
1: Way. <laughs> All right, he goes, oh,
2: okay. And just let go. He just lets go. Okay, well, he's going to fall on me. All right,
0: both of you uh, are going to take a D6 of well, damage. Well, let's roll. Oh, uh, Yeah, landing. roll to see how well you can land. Uh, anything under an eight, you're going to take a D6 damage. Nine. All right, you manage to drop basically to your feet. Uh, six, he falls in a heap. But he I takes... do support
2: him with that, so maybe he takes a D4
0: because he's basically right, laying he into my arms.
2: Takes two damage. Okay. He, like...
0: uh trips his knee and falls on the ground. He's very winded.
1: So as Alistair sees Jeremy let go, he turns and runs the other way towards his car, talking into his mic. He's like, All right, we need to move. And also, there's another person here for some reason. She's dressed like a duck. Um, Please make sure she doesn't get hurt. And I'm going to get in my car and... Do I need to roll just to get my car started and over to them? Ah, uh, you can just do that, okay. I think. Ernest
2: is going to wince because his head is so close to Jeremy's, he hears Alistair echoing, and the echo just reverberates through his own earpiece and the Raycon until he's just, I can't hear anything! <laughs>
0: <laughs> As you guys are crumpled onto the ground, uh, you hear panting and running feats. It's, the, it's the, the unmistakable sort of clump clump noise that gumboots make <laughs> oh, uh, as God. this child oh, dashes nice. to your side, stops from her back pocket, pulls out a metal slingshot <laughs> um, fits a ball bearing into it, uh, pulls it back and takes aim at the giant bat Just, this'll take it and then uh, let's go there is a twang um, and you hear as this thing reverberates uh, as it smashes into the side of the ball of the machine, <laughs> you can hear Jeremy go, No! <laughs> oh,
1: no! Uh,
0: she turns to, to Jeremy and to Smith. Never fear, citizens. Mighty Duck is here. I'll help you up now. Uh, th-
2: thank you, Mighty Duck. You're welcome.
0: Yeah. Um, Mighty Duck. Now, I have to say, you willfully put yourselves in danger, and that's not a very smart thing to do.
1: You should really leave this to the professionals. At this point, Alistair comes skidding around <laughs> in the car. She was like, "You jumped off a building!" I know. I'm a professional,
2: though. Ernest, je- like, so are we. Ernest looks at this crumpled like Jeremy and tries to help him up, and he's Alistair, like squealing his car. It's like, maybe we should have left it to professionals. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> he opens the door to Ernest and like gestures to him again. He's like,
0: "So are you coming?" You you open the door. And she goes, "Hmm." Looks to the left, like with pan to the left. Um, there's again, a bright yellow, one of those three wheeled bikes, but it's like the reclining sitting ones with the, like the one large wheel at the front, the two at the back. Yep. Um, like a chopper, like, but a trike. Yeah. Like yeah. a trike. Um, and it's got the, the, like the duck insignia on it as well. She goes, Hmm. Yours looks faster. And she gets into the car.
2: And it out a little key, like a little, um, car lock. Boop, boop. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's eyes Flash.
2: And yeah, as, there's like a
1: little duck head on it with little headlamps as Alistair like peels out of the loading bay at top speed with you know camera just moves back and Jeremy's just sitting there on the ground well, is he sta-
2: stay behind right?
0: I think Jeremy would have come, he Urse wants that back. machine yeah, yeah.
2: back has pulled him into okay. the car Urs points at Sherman and says don't come back, <laughs> call for help Anyone, even your sister. And he's going to get into the car. Sherman's just standing in the back, in like at the back
0: door of the restaurant, leaning against the door. For him. He's like, yep, all right, good luck with that. Uh, we pan up from the, uh, the car as it squeals out onto the road. We pan up and up to the full moon, shining down on a giant bat, making off with a slurping machine.
1: This is it this is the best adventure this is my favorite
2: <laughs>